towards the far post. Riften, Anton. Barisha, Diamante. Durante with a free header. And the honour of Western United's first A-League goal goes to a familiar face. Bessart, Barisha. It's Connor Payne on the left. Alessandro Diamante, the ball on a string. And- oh, Diamante! Welcome back to All Out West and the reign of Aloisi is upon us. Uh, this week you were joined by the cloud catcher himself, old Scotty. We've got old Kelsey. Yep, good to see you, big fella. Uh, we have Jay and Leb as well joining on a little duo call. That's a bit fun. How are you guys going, everyone? Yeah, pretty good. Um, getting out of lockdown, getting back towards getting to the footy. So better than, you know, being stuck at home, I suppose. We're not far away now. Let's do a beer check. What's everyone drinking today? Kelsey, I saw that water. You got that high-quality H2O? I respect yeah. that. I respect that. I've got, I'm drinking the Cloud Catcher from Stone and Wood. That's Caught my eye. As soon as I saw Stone and Wood, I jumped all over it. So. Leb J, what <laughs> you guys got going on today? Uh, they were out of rivets, so I got Sanadians. And Guinness. <laughs> respect. Um, I just had a Watts River IPA, which is delicious, and I'm about to move on to their paddock-to-glass pilsner, which is amazing. So they actually harvest the grain themselves from a paddock, mm. part of the family business, highly recommended. So this is one of the big talking points of the off-season, and honestly, it came off bad for everyone involved, the Lakeside Stadium fiasco. Long story short, Western United and the trust behind Lakeside Stadium had a verbal agreement to play a handful of fixtures at the government-owned stadium. An issue was raised as SMFC, South Melbourne FC, have a four-year lease for the facilities and have an option to veto games at the stadium, which has been done to Melbourne Heart, from my understanding. I completely understand South Melbourne's point of view here, where they have, that's their home ground, ownership aside. They should have a right to have some say in what's happened. But I also feel like everyone came off really bad in this situation, whether it be from the press release they released, the one Melbourne Knights did, and the one we did saying we'd have the stadium when the contract wasn't fully signed. What do you guys think? It's quite bad, I would have thought, publicly announced it and then to withdraw on that because everyone threw a easy fit. It wasn't a good look for Western United, I personally think. Look, I wasn't going to go to South Melbourne. It's a hole to get to. Look, I agree with the travel, but I think it would have been cool to play at a smaller stadium. Oh, it would have been cool, but getting there's a nightmare. That is an issue, especially because most of our fans are based in the West. Yeah, I've had to uh, do some work at uh, MSAC, which is just up the road, and, like, you've got to pay for parking everywhere. That's the first big one. GMHBA, you can drive in, just park any street, you know. Yeah. Um, Amy Park, you can get a train pretty much right to the stadium, whereas with a Lakeside Stadium, it's train into the city, then it's on a tram, and then it's walking, and then, you know, it's just an absolute nightmare travel-wise. And as much as I'd probably go, go down to one of the games, if we were playing multiple games there, I, I, you know, wouldn't see me taking, you know, yeah. it's essentially a two-hour trip for me, and I'm not that far. Like, we... Yeah. We, we, we've got it pretty good, but it's still probably a at least three-and-a-half-hour round trip there and back for a 90-minute game of football. In a dead time slot, it's just not worth going. For one or two games, it would have been great, but if we did play there a lot, people would have found it difficult to get to and we would have seen attendances drop off dramatically. Sub-990, I reckon. Yeah, yeah easily. I, I hear what you're saying, and I think it's the problem was they wanted to avoid Amy because of scheduling, because Victory have moved all their games away from Marvel, which is, I think, good for ever, for football fans. It's not a great venue for football. So they had to accommodate City, Victory, 
uh, the Rebels, Storm. It looks really bad for everyone involved. And it could have been a really good revenue raiser for local businesses in South Melbourne who would have really suffered during the quarantine, which yeah. is probably the big thing here. No one won in this situation. Nah. I think South Melbourne got, like, because that stadium was ruled inappropriate for the A-League, it was a, they, it was a real kick in the teeth for why their licence didn't happen. And we won't go into why South Melbourne didn't get an A-League licence. I would love to see them at the top flight or in the second division. South Melbourne, you're just still not good enough to host an A-League game. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, the part I'm most, the most disappointed in is, you know, usually we've got our ear to the ground with this sort of stuff, but we, you know, heard at the same time everyone else did. They didn't consult the fans. Like, to, not without being overly critical of the club, it's the first time that, you know, they have been completely transparent with us, and I think that's a bit disappointing. Like, you know, they, they let us know when, you know, Ballarat is an option or, or even... Footscray, but even like, Tassie. yeah, or Tassie, you know, we know months in advance. But Scott, honestly, do you think if the club put out uh, sent out an email with everyone's options, what options would they get back? It'll be basic ones like GMHBA it'd and Night Stadium, they wouldn't get anywhere else. It'd be GMHBA and Angle. it'd be pretty to have some Ballarat people saying Ballarat, pretty basic responses. But we've also got to take into account the actual stadium availability. They've also, with the changes to how you need to function a live event now, I'm using the term live event for a sports game, you have to be COVID safe. Smaller stadiums such may not be applicable anymore. They may not be prepared for We have to submit the COVID safe plan too prior to anything. Yeah, exactly. So this is where an Amy Park would be beneficial. And they did say they did really want Amy Park. Then we have GMHBA, which would be more than capable of catering for COVID, just has shit beers. Uh, sorry, I'm still and upset about along. that. Yep, two, two problems there. Now, memberships. Now, this is a positive note for me. What are your thoughts on the affordability for active and family tickets this year, guys? Where, where are you at? Kelsey, where are you at with affordability? Well, I didn't notice it come out of my bank account, and I'm cheap, so that tells you how cheap it was. Entry rate for a family is amazing. The, we won't go through all the prices here, but I got a family active support, which my wife, me, my daughter, and my future child, who is probably a month away, for like $276. That's amazing. Plus Paramount Plus for free, which is redonkulous. What's what's the Paramount Plus, like $70 for a year? Uh, 89 yeah. Other clubs are selling it like give. Yeah, they're like adding it on as an add-on for a little bit extra, whereas we just cop it for free, which, yeah, I'll take it. That's Thank it. you, Weston. Do they have- I must say, I do think the family memberships are real cheap, like, I know it's family is what two kids, two adults. Just over to Paramount. I know they've got the A League. Do they and like probably a movie, Socceroos TV and stuff too. Yeah. Do they have anything else like MTV wise? channels? A few movies, a lot of older movies. <laughs> the FA Cup coming, which yep. is yeah, yeah, that's for England, of course, which is fantastic. It used to be ESPN, yep. I'm pretty sure, which was, was covered by Foxtel and KO or KO, yeah. And just taking a stab at Paramount Plus's business strategy in the US, they pretty much acquired all of European football in America. So if anyone was inclined to use a VPN, you could probably watch it all for the low price point of a membership with Western United. That was actually a really good, like, spontaneous drum roll. Who's G'd up for the season? Oh, 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 I cannot wait. So 
let's go into the games this season. We have Melbourne Victory the, at Saturday, 20th of November, 7.45 game at GMHBA, Perth Glory at Amy Park on Friday the 26th, Melbourne City at Amy Park, Saturday the 4th of December, then Brisbane Raw Saturday the 11th at GMHBA, then Adelaide United at Amy Park Friday the 17th, and then Victory again Sunday the 26th of December. We have some great time uh, slots. Yeah, this awesome. is going to be fun. Awesome time slots. We've only got one Sunday game, and that's just after Christmas. That's Boxing Day anyway, so we'll get the public holiday on the Monday. Six, plus what we're going to speak about, six games to start off the A-League season in Victoria. Every single weekend we have a game, so we better be getting people out there and showing their support week in, week out. We need people to be attending every single one of these games because it's important that we build up our fan base and show everybody what we're about and go out there and support the club that we love. A lot of the teams that we're playing, Victory have a bunch of great new signings, so do we, Perth Glory. If you want to see, you know, a great English striker, Daniel Sturridge, get beat. You know, look no further than going to the Perth Glory game on the 26th. Kelsey, what are your thoughts? Any game you're super psyched for? No one in particular. I'm just happy about the time slots. Like, they're all just great ones to go and get to. Like, there's no excuse to not be attending. First two games. I just want to see Sturridge out there. I think a lot of teams have really brought it this year. They're a bit more confident financially where the league's going with the new TV deal. And we're going to go into a bit more of that in a minute. Uh, also, it'd be just interesting to see how they move the fixtures along because obviously we've got a lot of home games coming up. So that means a few more away games later in the year, which honestly I'm not mad at because if COVID rules are lifted, we'll be able to travel for them. And I'm definitely not just speaking for myself here, but I know there's a few boys itching to get away on another trip. The time slots for were done intentionally because the last time that we played like a full season over summer, um, especially when we started and it was really, really hot and we were trying to fit in a lot more games because of the COVID pandemic, there was a lot of uproar about how it wasn't good for the players. And then especially after last season, seeing them play in the winter months a bit better and the season before when the season got postponed and then came back, seeing them play in the winter months, we saw how much better they performed and how much more comfortable they were. They weren't struggling with the heat. So I think um, the league has learned from that and I think they've intentionally put those time slots in these hotter months. Let's move on to the FFA Cup. Now, this was a bit of a, a bit of a leak and it hasn't fully been announced yet, but the FFA Cup playoff spot between Western United and Newcastle Jets is set for, Scott? 13th of November. 7pm. You heard it here first at GMHBA. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the Crossbar boys again after lockdown. We haven't been able to catch up with them since the last Jets game, so hopefully they come along, join us in the active and see their team lose again. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Kelsey? Where are you at? I'm just looking forward to seeing football back. Yeah, I'm really keen, and it's only 15 days away because we're recording this on the 28th. Yeah, and it'll be nice to see where we're at heading into the season as well in that game. The week before actual season starts, so it'll be good to see... The boys get a bit of action and I think it'll be quite a comfortable win. I do too for this game. I think we should get up over the Jets. I'm not expecting our new striker to play. I'm pretty sure he's just come out of uh, quarantine. Quarantine, yeah. But we got Wenzel Hall. He's the last one to come in. Um, but we should definitely have uh, uh, Leo. The others. I don't think – I think Renee just come out as well. I cannot wait to see him in action. He's just going to be, he's going to be like, like I can see it now. He's just going to bust it. Well, Alex literally only came out of quarantine and trained for the first time either. It was today or yesterday, wasn't it? And that was, that was same with Alex as well. So 
I'm just excited to see like what form. Like, I want to see what Alois is going to do with the team and see the different style of play we're going to have more than anything. I just want to see what's going to change, if and if how much is it is going to change. I'm very um, excited seeing the formation, whether or not we're going to be playing full-backs or wing-backs, a very, very big part of, of, of Aloisi's coaching style because, you know, we've sort of set our players up to play with three at the back. We could be changing that to two and making Risden and Payne or whoever's playing on the in those full-backs, wing-back positions, sit back. It could be a bit of a uh, shock for the team, but from when you're a kid, they always play four four two. You know, that's the first one you learn. So, especially back in those days as well, that yeah. was the go-to formation. So, so moving back to a conventional four at the back, I don't think it's going to be a, a massive shock for the team. But and I think it's what's going to happen as well. I think he's going to be playing yeah. a lot, not as fancy football, more, more like. Uh, I think we're going to be a lot tighter, but at the same time, we're going to see a better attacking movement as well. Yeah. Okay. Going back to his interview, I see it being four at the back, a bit more shape-wise defensively sound, but with a lot more movement trying to move their players around to get through the spaces and create spaces. I think it's going to definitely be interesting. So it's been announced that Western United will have an A-League women's team for the 22-23 season. How keen are you guys? Interviewed Amanda and Alex. If we don't turn up, they're going to come looking for us. I hope that we get a couple of hours before the men's play so we can go down for the double header and yeah, have I'd a like big that day too. out. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. It'll help bring more crowds, get more people interested. Yeah, well, we've done it before with um, Colby United girls down at GMHBA. But the Tassie trip away was fantastic and they, they loved it. Yeah, well, they spoke highly of it in the interview a couple of weeks back as well. And everyone involved. So I'm just while everyone's here, I recommend everyone checks out our interview, whether it be the video or the audio form of that episode with Alex and uh, Amanda. I'm so excited to see what having a women's team will bring to the table and inspire the next generation generation of women in the West. Let's move into Scotty Leaks. Uh, the full fixture will be released as of tomorrow. Oh. Scotty reporting live from Russia as well where the uh, FFA can't get him. <laughs> We should have the full fixture out and ready. Start planning away trip. I'd, I'd assume it's like what they did with the AFL, where it's a rough guideline more than a something yeah. set in stone. Where the AFL said this is when you'll be playing time slots to be decided, and even yeah. venues were to be decided. Because, for example, we still may get be able to not allowed in Perth for a fair while. No, Perth's a no-go zone at the moment. We'll get into that later in the the conversation. Did you guys want to move into player signings? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. So I had Noah Bottich, and he's a 19-year-old striker from Sydney, and he's represented Australia at the under-16 and under-17 level, playing five games for each uh, age bracket, and uh, he scored a goal in every game. So that's a really good indication of where he's at. What's interesting about Noah is he's after, after trialling for Manchester United, Everton, and Bayern Munich, he signed a two-year scholarship deal with Hoffenheim. Kelsey, what can you tell me about Hoffenheim? They're a solid German team. Basically, they're good at developing talent. It was named one of the 60 young talents in 2019 in an English paper and was widely praised as the second coming of Viduka, the Australian legend. I don't think he'll be in our, st- our starting striker and will probably come in as kind of an impact deal, but I'm really excited to see what comes of this. This could be a really amazing player, not today or this season, but in a couple of seasons. That's, yeah. What do you guys think? He might get a few games... Late in the season, you know, depending on where we're sitting on the table and things like that. That's sort of a coming on from the bench. Yeah, impact player, yeah. Look, he might even play in the FFA Cup game. Yeah, exactly. This is where he might be utilised more. 
our new striker who we'll get into momentarily, probably have it taking a little bit longer to get in sync with the squad. He might, no one might get a bit more game time. Yeah, exactly uh, what I was thinking. Yeah, excited for him. He's young Australian talent. That's what we want. We want that not just at Western, but we want to see as many young Australians playing to their full potential. Yeah, that's what I think he wants to see. That's why I know. I think he'll take it really serious with the aim of getting back to European football. The fact that he's had the taste there already, it usually players tend to want to go back once they've or unless they're at the end of their career, obviously, then they tend to want to come back. But yeah, they tend to want to go back over there. Yeah. Nineteen years old though, it's like he's still got plenty of time. We've seen players much older, you know, your Aaron Moyes, you know, who wasn't in he was in his mid twenties, not getting a crack in the A League. Three years later, he's Playing, you know, in the championship Scoring. two years later, he's beating, United. he's beating Man United. Scott, you've got probably a, a very interesting one, Neil Kilkenny, one of my favourite beers. Yeah, Neil Kilkenny, which is another older player that we've recently signed. He's an English-born central midfielder. He's played at some big clubs like Birmingham City, mainly Leeds. He played 122 games in Leeds, only the eight goals. He recently played for Perth Glory, and before that was Man City. Melbourne City. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, interesting part of him is his youth career. He did play at Arsenal. He did was there for two years in their youth system. He bossed midfield at City, and I think he'll do the same for us. Yeah, he was. He's upgraded from City to Perth. Like he played much better at Perth than he did at City. Still did well at City. He still did well at City, but he didn't get along. I think it's with um, management at City. I think he will. He will be wearing a number eighty-eight still as well. I believe. I like that. So yeah, there's a bit in that good footy energies, and uh, you know he might not start every game because he's getting on a bit now, but. Man, it's good to have some at least sort of defensive-minded cover because he can play that role in the midfield. So lovely to have him at the club. And he's set pieces on point. So if we need to give someone like Diamante a break, he's someone who can easily take over on corners, score the odd free kick as well. I reckon we'll see him a fair bit towards the start of the season. I reckon because he's still fresh, I reckon we'll use him a fair bit at the start of the season, then start slowing him down mid towards the end of the season. And if he's still good and up and running, he'll, he'll make finals. I think he's really going to put a lot of heat on the sticker to get some game time. Yeah. Midfield is just... It creates competition. Just looking at our uh, squad, it's just... I don't know how some of these guys are going to get game time or who's going to get game time. It's a real it's a real tight one, isn't it? Well, Lustig is not a spring chicken himself anymore either. I know Kilkenny is a bit older than him, but Kilkenny has probably had a better... Career than Lustiger as well, I'd say. Played overseas, been more successful. Lustiger's won A-leagues, which Kilkenny hasn't done as a player, but Yet. he hasn't played in the league for nearly as long either. So Yet. it's it's a bit... I think it's going to depend on those two who's in more form, who's in better form. Ultimately, it's who John likes the best, how well they train and, yeah, how well they perform. So at some point, everyone's going to get a chance to impress and it's all on them. 100%. Uh, Jay, you're up next. Who have you got, big fella? Rene Krahin. Rene Krahin, apparently. Let's play it again. (laughs) Rene Krahin. Rene Krahin. Rene Krahin. Krahin. uh, yeah, one of our international signings. Obviously, we lost a couple, mainly Ica uh, Victor. and Victor. So, opened us up to get a few more internationals, Renee Crin being one of them. Hasn't had, like, heaps of game time at top, top clubs, but he's literally been uh, – he has had game time, even though it's not heaps at – it was France, 
Italy, Spain, all top flight he's, he, clubs he's played for. I think Granada being one of them. Bologna. Part of the Inter squad uh, when they won the Champions Inter, League. Inter, I think it was Nantes as well, or however you pronounce that. I'm not French. Nantes. Um, Kelsey, resident Frenchman. Nantes. Yeah, um, I believe he's right. Nantes. Omelette du fromage. Oh, you don't usually pronounce the last letter in French. No, especially if it's an S. Anyway, so he's you know a midfielder. I think he'll be playing more of that um, Victor Sanchez holding midfielder role. Although, don't expect as many goals for him because he's only ever scored one for club and one for country. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, two goals, two goals for club. <laughs> well, that's a massive difference, isn't it? I think he kicked them. He kicked them four years apart. That's only in the league, though. <laughs> so he may have scored some in cup competitions. Fake news. This is all fake, guys. Oh. But the A League's a lot easier. So we'll see <laughs> how he goes. <laughs> we'll see how you he goes. Having a crack. I'm I'll call it now. He's going to bomb. One outside of the box, just an absolute rocket. I could run on through and just screams. In I think he's going to, oh, mate, no one would love that more than me. Yeah, very keen to see him come into the squad and see, see if anyone else can um, pick a trick or two up off him uh, with all that experience in the top flights over in uh, Europe. Uh, very experienced player, um, still only 31, so got a lot, of, got a lot left in him. And if he impresses, Let's hope he does a Diamante and stays around for two, three, four years. Calling it now, I, I reckon he's going to get our first red card. He's just going to own it. He's he looks quite strong. He'll bully. He'll bully storage. I disagree. I reckon our next person will be the person that gets the red card. It's Leo Lacroix. Is that right, Kelsey? Yeah, it is. It's Leo. Lacroix. He's twenty nine. He's Swiss. Uh, he's a six foot six defender. Uh, he's played for Sion in um, the Swiss League, Saint Etienne, Basel, Hamburger. When they were in the set, whilst they're in the second division, not top flight Bundesliga. Is that double uh, cheese? Uh, I wish. Uh, I like my burgers. I had a Frankfurt in Frankfurt once, but that's a different story. So he's played one game Swiss national side against Qatar. He also played in a Europa League draw at Anfield with Basel. Wow. And he also played in the Champions League versus Man City. Um, he speaks six languages, and Aloisi said that he's really been killing it in training at the moment. To, to quote uh, Ryan Scott, I believe he's built like a brick shit house and been very impressive. I believe. I believe yeah, he said something along those lines. He's going to so. bully Sturridge like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I genuinely feel he will be Durante levels of great for us, and I have a lot of respect for Durante. I think higher. I disagree. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying Durante is the bar. And this is going to be a new level. I'm saying, like, it all literally is lining up. He's our centre half. He's our <coughs> number four. He's going to be our. Crawl. He's going to be our uh, Virgil Van Dyke. I reckon. <laughs> no, no, we'll find something that rhymes with qua. Crawl. No, qua. you can't change qua. the qua. Ah. But we're ah. going to make the Virgil chant for Leo Kelsey. What's number four in French? Pat. Okay, that doesn't rhyme. Carry on. Pat song six. I think he's going to be solid. Also, yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to him. I think he's going to be solid, very, very solid, Batman. Yeah. We really don't have anyone. Uh, we, we love Tomoki. He puts in a good a good shift every game, but, like, he doesn't have that physicality. But I think if we've got someone like Leo, Next it just it allows Tomoki to play better. Mm. And um, who knows if Tomoki's even going to be starting up the back. I, I think he will. I think he will be just off his um, how well he played last season. But, man, Leo's going to be – that's going to be a great pairing up back. Now, moving on, uh, Caleb, who have you got? I have Alexander Priovic. Priovic. 
Correct me if I'm wrong, it's probably one of those two, though. But we've signed him on a multi-year deal, which is pretty big. He's a 31-year-old Swiss-born Serbian striker, and he's big, physical, six foot one. Mm. He's, he's still mobile enough to be quick, to get around the box, but he's also got the strength and enough height to get his head on the ball when he needs to. And we've seen that with a lot of his highlights because I know a lot of his highlights have been shown, scoring fantastic goals and different types of goals as well. So that's exactly what we need for from a striker. Um, he played for Switzerland at youth level and then he moved to the Serbia national team as he got older so he played for them for their full national team um 13 games and two goals for them not the best record but but Europe is pretty rough a lot of Europe, them are probably Europe being European Ser- Serbia has been a very good team recently not one of the best in the world but they still haven't competed against some powerhouses and they've still got a lot of good players to pick from uh he played at St Gallon at youth level and he's played for multiple multiple clubs some such as Palmer, where he got his first professional contract, didn't play many first-team games there, but then he had a few loans. Um, Sion is where he really kind of broke through for the first time, but still didn't score tons. Um, he really broke through later on when he moved to Legia Warsaw and Pauk in Greece, where he played a lot of Europa League games as well. Um, he even played some Champions League games with those teams, so he's he's been at the top level and he's won honours with both, well, he's won the Swiss Cup with Sion and he's won the league with both Park and Legia Warsaw as long as their respective league cups. So I think it's somebody of pretty good calibre to get into our squad. I'm very impressed by this guy, to be honest. I, I think it's what we need. Could be a new Barisha for the league, you know what I mean? And I expect him to be poached by someone else in two years. This is a different league. He could come out and he can easily kick 20, 30 goals. It, it, it's hard to judge. It'll be interesting to see how he's going to link up with Diamante. And, yeah, anything can happen. He's a striker. And I reckon he'll be – no no hate on Borussia, but in current form, I think he'll come out a bit better and stronger than Borussia was probably towards the latter half of the season last year. Well, he is a good five years younger as well. So I think his fitness levels are probably going to show. But it, look, he could be a complete flop as well. We never know. He could score one goal or he could score 30 for the season or anywhere in between. We have no clue. But I, I do have good vibes from this guy, from everything people around the club have said, from the coach to other players to people working at the club. They've all been very excited by him coming. He's only at his first day of training. It was either today or yesterday as of recording. So he hasn't had much time to train, but he's he's someone who looks like he's got the goods and can bag us, look, at least double figures for the season, at least. Back to Barisha just quickly. Um, I think you remember me saying, or I remember me saying vaguely, that I was spewing that Barisha was leaving because I would have loved to see him team up with Dylan Wenzel Halls. And I think, you know, uh, that from what we've seen from Alexander, he's like a, a much bigger dude, you know, so probably doesn't have the pace of Dylan. I reckon that could be a good uh, one-two punch with either one doing the punching, you know. You so he's, tall, he's a tall fella, is he? Yeah, you've got the yeah, you got the pace. He's in your not height. huge, but he's he's six one. Well, he's, for, he's a good height for a striker. You know, you could play him. You know, with that sort of height, you could play him as more of a traditional uh, centre forward. So dropping back into that hole a little bit and then uh, pushing up 
and um, being a real just nuisance in the box, you know, getting crosses into him because if he's got that height, uh, it'd be very, very interesting to see him partner up with a few of the quicker blokes because we've got plenty of those in the team. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It puts it into a perfect position. If, if he's good at headering, that's all he needs to do. I mean, Bessart was shorter, but he could header the ball. And, you know, how many times did we see Bess, especially in that first season, Bess and Dimmer link up, you know, to score? I think Bess scored at least three or four headed goals and then other goals, yeah. you know, that were just... Mate, three I, I could have scored those It wouldn't have been hard. They would just pinpoint kicks. I think, like, just on that note, from the press release he did today, because he did a bit of media, he said... Um, Australia was the, the like, the, and this this deal was the perfect balance between quality of life for him and his family and money. So that yeah. really shows, and he really, and and they really hammered home the concept of building something. I got from his interview that he's very much business. Yep, I appreciate that. He's here to be professional and get the job done. I will change that. We'll get him on the beers. We'll change that. I've got one more thing about him. I don't know if you can see this. No, you're not holding it to the camera. Oh, there's an Alexandra. Ah. Oh, there's a Serbian. Ah. For those playing at home, there's a Serbian singer with the same name, and it's a good thing Scott didn't have to research this this player. Because that's what we than Scotty would have. Now, Kelsey, you've got the next person. So I got uh, Nikolai Topor Stanley, 36, six foot three, defender again. Um, he's played for early teams such as Sydney, Perth, the Jets twice, W uh, West Sydney Wanderers. Um, in fact, outside of Hutter Club in the UAE, he's played exclusively for the A-League since 06. Mm. Um, he's played four times for Australia. All of those were in 2008. Um, he's won the A-League Premiership. That's, you know, where he finished top of the ladder at the end of the season with West Sydney Warriors. Also won the um, AFC Champions League. And he was Perth's most glorious player of the year in 07-08 and scores bangers. Oh, yeah, he does. He does. Doesn't he does. score many, but when they when he does, yeah, they are bangers. It's a banger. The old quote: yeah. "Not a good scorer of goals, but a scorer of good goals. Scorer <laughs> of great goals." Great he actually owes us one. Yeah, he actually said, in the, like, again, check out our interviews. We like we've been working with the club a lot this season, and yeah, check out our interview with Nikolai. I'm honestly. I'm so excited to see him put on the green and black. I think he's going to be amazing for us. A good level head in the back line. Well, Lee said in that interview with you guys that, um, yeah, he scored a fair few bangers like that in training, didn't he? So, yeah. But it's funny getting back to that centre-back discussion. It's He's another one at centre-back. So if we're not playing three at the back, there's somebody going to be missing out between him and Tomoki and Leo. And, I, I yeah, I honestly think it'll probably be Nikolai and Leo mm. at the moment. And I love Tomoki. Like, but yeah. Tomoki can also play at right back. I was going to say, I won't be surprised if Tomoki ends up at right back. Honestly, I think Tomoki is not going to be – I think he likes the club. I think he's going to be the band-aid to just, uh, you know, as soon as someone's down, we slap him on and away we go. I hope not. Uh-huh. Yeah, I want, to see, I want to see him on the field. You know, or maybe not our best player, but our hardest working player. Like, 100%. He'll be there. He'll be there, central midfielder or whatever. He'll be there. Sorry, this is the Top or Stanley thing. I think Top or Stanley is the one out of the three that shouldn't be. Really? Started. I think so. He'll not, not well. every single game. He should be starting some games where we need rotation, but 
he's a lot older than the other two as well. It is a factor. It's I think he's come to fill that kind of Durante mentor mentor role yep. while playing some games. So I do think it will be Tomoki and Leo at the back. He might make a the sub appearance. He might come on, you know, seventy fifth minute to steady a game and have an have a crack at goal. All right. So we're up to another hyphenated name which Kelsey loves. Dylan Wenzel Halls. I have done zero research on him for this <laughs> podcast because we should all know who Dylan Wenzel Halls is. So he's double digits, goal-scoring-wise, in his A-League career. Obviously, Brisbane, um, I, they, they, they're a more defensively based team. They won, they didn't really score many goals. Their wins were, you know, based off having a good back four. Um, and I don't think we really saw him get good service at Brisbane. But um, back to it, I think that, you know, he's a very, very, still a, a, quite a young stri- uh, striker, Um Looking inward in the league, you're not really going to find anyone much better to pick up, to be completely honest. Um, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be a great addition to the squad. Uh, hopefully we can keep him around for a year or two. Um, I don't know how long he's contracted for exactly. It's two or three. But um, if, you know, we can get, uh, obviously bringing, bringing, uh, bringing Priovic in, he's going to be the main the target man, he's going to be the one with the burden of all the goals on his back. But if we can get another, if we can get eight or nine goals out of Dylan Wenzel Halls this year, you know, I'd be wrapped with that as, as well as Alex scoring a few. Um, got a lot, definitely got a lot of potential, got pace to burn, which we were sort of lacking up front and we really could have used it. You know, we obviously still got Parias, but he's not an out and out striker. So um, hell, those two could even link up pretty well. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Because honestly, uh, it's it's not like I would have gone out of my way or to to, to get Dylan Wenzel Halls, but uh, I'm not mad that he's here. I reckon we could really use him. Imagine subbing some something like um, Pieris, Wenzel Halls, and um, Wales. Imagine that three subs. Imagine the pace towards the attack in the last. Yeah, you know, twenty odd minutes. Defenders are going to struggle with that. That's a lot of pace, and we could really use that and dominate last last half of the game. Yeah, because I, I do remember us having multiple chats about how Dylan uh, would burn out at times. So, so yeah. maybe, uh, yeah, Pariah, not Wenzel Halls. Um, <laughs> so maybe having, maybe not having those two on the pitch at the same time, but maybe alternating between the two, bringing one on, bringing one off. You know, there's so much squad depth this year and Wenzel Hall's really capped off that depth in the um, up the front of the pitch, you know. Um, Parise now doesn't even have to play a like a, a striker role or a, a, a forward role now that we've got Dylan, but, you know, that's always in the back pocket. Um, hopefully we see him link up well with the other boys. Obviously we haven't seen been able to see anything. Um, we haven't played any friendlies yeah. yet. Because I think we've got that uh, behind, FFA Cup. We've had behind closed doors, friendly yeah. feature in the FFA Cup game. I'd, oh, I think he might like, even start. I, I'd assume yeah. he starts mainly because, you know, we've got a few guys still getting up to speed Probably with the game. start him and have Bodich coming off the bench or start them two up front. Yeah, or start – hell, you could even – Wales up front. You could even start – you yeah. could even have your front three, Parias, Wales and Wenzel Halls, and that's just – you it know, depends on the formation. It's just play. he's one of, the, I think, our most exciting players, and I'm very keen to see him play. Hopefully, on the 13th. All right, I think yeah, it gives us different options. 
like they say, it gives us the option of having like the one-two punch with Alex and him. You know, you have your tall one and your short one. You can go for the pacer options with Scott has raised. I think it gives us some flexibility, which is a good thing to have. It gives us the ability to change up the game plan, which, you know, we had a heavy criticism last year about never having a plan B. It was always the one way. A quick recap of all the players we've just spoken about. They all provide depth in places we needed them because really we needed depth all over the pitch. So, yeah, that's probably, you know, if we could pick one major talking point from all these new signings that we've just gone over, it's, yeah, an increase in squad depth. Like we can literally argue about every single position and who's going to be starting in that position or who is the starter for that position. Yeah, Yeah, it might be one or two that you don't argue with and that's about it. Back to the, I haven't really heard much of, difference of between last season and this season is obvious. We now have two strikers. Yes. Two good, decent strikers. Last year we relied purely I'd say we've, we've had two strikers and one player that we've moulded into a good forward in, in Yeah, play. but I'm just saying like Wales though. Last, yeah, lucky last Wales. Season, Wales is in That's three. We've got, got wins three. Balls. Yeah, but, but then we've got two coming in that we can 100% rely on. Wendell Hall. <laughs> Had to rely on and one that's a potential star, you know. But this is this is the difference between last season and this season. We've actually got, you know, a depth. We've got something to back up on. If Alex isn't firing, hopefully Aloisi pulls the trigger and says, "All right, Halls, you start this game, or Wales, you start this game." We've got the options there that we didn't really have last season. We just it was Bruce or Wales as backup. Other great news from the 27th to the 7th, so we're a bit behind. Addison, Addisu Bayou and Ajak Du have uh, signed scholarship contracts for the next two seasons, which they both, uh, well, Bayou got a little bit of game time, Du hasn't, but I'm quite excited. What are your thoughts? I'm happy to see their growth continue. Let's see where they go. Yeah. I, I think they had pretty good, because uh, Bayou did feature a fair bit for the um, MPL. He's probably not playing many games or featuring on many team shapes this year for us. Um, sub, likely. but Sub, and that's, you know, probably resting players and injury pending, uh, unfortunately for Bayou. But if somebody fails and he really puts in a good a good season um, at an MPL level, I would not be surprised if we see him uh, promoted to the first team. Yeah. It, could, right? it could even be as early as, you know, midway through this season. Yeah. Well, that's the point of it. It's a scholarship contract. So he has the option if he trains well and performs well there and in MPL to actually get some A-League game time. So it's a really good thing, which yeah. uh, do is a def- uh, central defender, I believe. And, yeah, so that's really good for them. Now, moving on, just to keep it moving, Noah Bottich missed out on the Socceroos AFC Cup qualifier due to a minor injury, which Bayou and Duzel recently started. For that said game against the qualifier against Indonesia, which if, if anyone didn't know, we won that 3 2. Yeah, 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 I saw it was a 3 2 win. Um, none of it, neither of our boys scored. No, no, but it was good they got a start. Just yeah. as a, a little bit of background and let us know that no one may have a little bit of an issue going into the season, was more of my uh, point there. Mm. But yeah, pretty good to know. Um, any, anything you guys want to say about that? Or good to keep moving. Uh, look, we'll see our boys get game time, but uh, look, still still a young level of football. So I think um, they've still got a long way to go, but if they keep going the way they're going, it's it's a good it's a good step. Yeah. It's nice to have those players from your club be at the national yeah. level, like when we had 
Wales and Paris at the Olympics. And Risden, if he really, if if he gets a bit lucky and stays without injury, he could easily break into the Socceroo squad. So bang, there's your Socceroo at Western United. You know, Ooh. that's exciting to have at all those levels, yeah. people at the national, national I team. I remember chatting to him myself and the pride in his eyes when he spoke about playing for Australia. Amazing. And that's what you want for any player. Now, onto the first preseason game that we're aware of that's happened and behind closed doors was Melbourne City and the Woo at Georgie's. Score was 2-1 with McLaren and Leckie for City and DWH for us. I don't find this result concerning because obviously Renee, Alex... Lacroix, none of those guys were here yet, so I think it's a very non-issue, but it's good to get some... And you experiment in these games anyway. You're not showing all your cards. You're trying new things to see. You're tweaking things here and there. You're trying to get them to do certain things. Yeah, I don't find any friendly game, the result, any result in any friendly game concerning, unless it's something a little bit like, uh, let's say, the Community Shield in England, where it's a friendly game but it's glorified friendly. You still get something from it. I don't find any concern with results. It's all about performances and it's all about gelling the team together in pre-season. Let's have a look. I think back to our first closed doors friendly with victory where we got beaten 6-0 or something like that. Yeah, 6-0, 6-1. And then we we beat them until they beat us 6-0 again. So now we're going to go. So now we're going to go another two years. It's yeah. that easy. If you look at the scores for City, McLaren, who's probably the greatest striker to ever play in the A League, I'm going to say go, even better than. Barisha. I'd say he's better than Barisha. If you say he's till the time that Barisha did play the amount of yeah. games, he'll beat Barisha based off individual down. seasons. And Lecky, who's. It's just going to be terrifying in the A-League because he's still got pace to burn, bit injury-prone. but he's still first name. He's still one of the first names on the Socceroos team sheet. It's but, ridiculous. And yeah. it's, it's honestly it's terrifying. But, uh, hey, at least, you know, we we got a goal. They scored a couple, but, you know, we don't have a full-strength squad. And ultimately, it's a match for fitness. They're just screwing around. So McLaren hasn't met Rene yet. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Dude, dude, Lacroix. It's going to be Lacroix. I think it's going to be Lacroix more so. Also, like, I'm going right out. You watch. It'll be a. Wallace and I will see him up on this one. It'll be a Rudiger, De Bruyne. Kelsey's on board too. Kelsey's Honestly, on board too. I, I don't want to be a rat here, but I think if I suck up to McLaren enough, he's, that Western blood will start boiling up in him and he'll have no. No choice but to well, judge I've, I, I've chatted to him and we've, we've had a good laugh. He said the support was great the day that um, he was commentating on the Vic Perth Glory 5-4 or something. Yeah, we were. We were all giving him stick and then we kept giving him stick on Instagram. It was all friendly banter. And, the, and he'd replied to a couple of us and he said, oh, look, you boys are hilarious. He's like, good on you for all the support you give. And he's like, keep doing the West Proud. Because even though he's a Melbourne City player, he's a Sunbury, Sunbury boy. And you can see there's that little bit. West United head coach John Aloisi has appointed Hayden Fox to his A-League support staff in the position of A-League senior assistant coach. Fox, a former soccer defender, has vast coaching experience in the A-League, most recently at Perth Glory. As a player, Fox represented Australia on 11 occasions and competed in leagues across England, Germany, Belgium and Japan, as well as the A-League. And so that's pretty sick. I think he's going to be great for the team. We've also got Mark DiCasso uh, has been confirmed as the inaugural coach of the West United Women's Development Squad, which, spoiler alert, we've got an A-League, li- uh, an A-League women's license for a women's team coming in 22-23. And if you haven't listened to our interview with Amanda Stella and Alex Sinclair, please do. What are you guys' thoughts on both of those coaching appointments? Well, 
just going on to Carso, they actually talked quite a bit about him in that in our interview. 100% they did, and it was great. But I uh, think they're quality additions to the club. Fox is Aloisi's right-hand man. He's been with him at a couple of clubs now. Obviously, stick with what you know. Um, if those two think they can help each other and, you know, potentially build a strong squad together, you know, very exciting to have to have him at the club and, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting. Uh, moving on to our tipping competition. Ah, oh, crap. Oh, wait, no, we haven't started it because the season hasn't started, so I haven't missed any weeks. Um, you will, but just to make I sure. I will miss weeks, yeah. <laughs> so we will be holding our tipping competition again and through ESPN Tips, just check, uh, search for Western underscore United and you'll win the most coveted trophy in the All Out West podcast realm, the All Out West podcast toilet seat, which last season went to Andrew Tran. We would like to get a photo of him with the trophy, but thus far it hasn't been PG. That was my next question. It's like uh, I didn't think it came through all right. Now, guys, let's move on to Around the Grounds. Now, we would like to take a moment to give a shout-out to a friend of the podcast and the first person who gave us the time of day to be interviewed, and that's Josh Cavallo. He made. He was also our first two-time uh, guest. Yeah, first recurring person. All, We'd love to have also, him Also the first player that myself, Caleb and Scotty met when we went to the Werribee versus Melbourne City game before the club had even put, you know, signed Diamant. But I, I, I remember, and still to this day, that was the day I bought my Western Service Crew scarf. And still to this day, the only signature on it is Josh Cavallo. And on the back of my jersey, first one I got, Joshy mm. Cabs. It's like he was always our boy. It's yeah, he, he still club, is. Club, he will yeah. return. We've always spoke highly of him. We've always liked yeah. him. But this news of him that's come out recently is uh, it's as uplifting as it is heartbreaking. Because I really feel for the yeah. guy. It's like you've had to play through that adversity, but the outpour of positivity and the acceptance of the wide football community. And, you know, honestly... It's been the majority of people. The, the majority good. of people is yeah. just staggering to see. And, um, yeah, Let's we can't underestimate to- the importance of this as well because it's made global news. You've got players from all around the planet. Gerard Piquet, Antoine Griezmann. Yeah. I, I chucked on the radio, jumping in the car today, Triple J, Josh Cavallo's talking on the radio. He wouldn't be the first, he wouldn't be the only one. There would be a lot of other players suffering in Ooh. silence out there. And not just players, a lot of other people suffering in silence out there. This well, is something that goes beyond the sport. Well done, well done, Cavs, and we're proud of you. And I can't wait to see you back in the green and black soon. We're all very proud because we're so happy for Josh. We're like, you cannot understate the importance of it. My last point, just simply, and this is succinct, representation matters. Yeah. And look, we could talk about this for days, but it's better that we just leave it at the simple thing. We're proud of you, Josh, and let's hope more people, not just in football, but people in general follow in your footsteps. You know, anyone out there that's struggling, you know, you're not alone and there's always those sorts of avenues for for, uh, support. Philip Curto has landed at MacArthur FC after Federici retired and Milligan has bailed. What a shit show they are at the moment. Retired. I hope he's for his choice and I hope he does well. I just hope MacArthur don't do well. I hope he's facing... 80 shots every game and saving 79 of them. I, I, Look, I can't wait. I can't wait to see Wenzel Hall's put three past him. That's all I'm saying. Now, on to WA. Don't book any tickets there because Western, uh, Western Australia is likely to shut all summer, if not longer, into like autumn. Tony Pinata has stated that despite the big signing of, of the season, Sturridge, 
Uh, Glory's membership sales have been low and, yeah, they likely are not going to have any games in their state. What do you guys think? But the first credit, they signed Sturridge. Okay. He's, a hu- he's probably one of the biggest signings in the yeah. A-League have ever had. He, he's, a, he's a well-known player. He's still relatively young. He's not overly old. I'd say he's the and second biggest. I'd he, say he, behind Del Piero, he is yeah, the second biggest. The third biggest behind Teske and Del Piero, yeah. I can't I wait to say. see him play. I want to see how, he, how he's going to handle the A-League yeah. and how talented he is compared to the rest of us. The Stadge, Alan Stadgic, has been named as the Philippine women's national team head coach. Which I think and they got big. drawn against the Matildas today. Oh, that's spicy. Good no. luck to Stadich, though. You know, it's he had a rough, bit of a rough run with the Matildas, but I remember the Mariners and then the, all that commotion. Yeah, let's 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 flow on. A big news here: Daniel Georgievsky, who West United almost did sign, has retired. Who is one of the funniest people? I would love to see him on the on like doing the dipper role, like mm-hmm. on the side doing invo- um like. Interviews. I think I that can would be. I see him doing something. I think he's. I, that's, he's that's. I'd love been that. On Fox Sports before, like um, when they were doing the A League coverage, and he's been there pre-game doing stuff, and he's always like joking with Bozer and stuff like that. I can see him getting picked up by Paramount. And on another big note about um, Australian football, the APL are advanced talks to sell a significant stake in the A League and A League women competitions, men and women's competition to US-based film Silver Lake for 130 million. And what will be the biggest single injection of cash into Australian football, which is for a, I think it's a 30% stake, which is huge because it values Australian football, the, the, the main competition, at just under $500 million. This would inject revenue to on the side note, it, FFA would get a big or FA, whatever they are called now, they get a big slice of that action because they're inherently owned shares. But it is a shows the the value of the competition domestically and internationally to big stakes. They these people also own stakes in uh, Melbourne City and that CFG as well. We want to see the A League grow. We want to see it like everyone sees the USA. Some yeah. of the stars, you know, they're ready to take a, take a step down on their career. They were, we want them coming over to us instead of the USA. We want we want to make a, a place to see star action, you know, not top EPL top quality, but, you know, when they're ready to take a step down in their career, we want them to come to Australia. We don't want them racing off to USA before they even consider Australia. But, yeah, let's, uh, I think it's great for the league to be able to put a value on the like what it inherently is. Yeah. And we've seen a really good TV deal, a ca- this cash injection if it comes through which some of that will flow into the cu- the clubs and also the promotion, the stage. It's just, it's going to have ramifications for the whole league, Kelsey. The critical part be where the allocated funds go. Well, that's the th- it goes to the shareholders. So each club would receive a portion. The F Football Australia yeah, has... But it's how that's then distributed that helps the growing the league then. Yeah. I, I Everyone think should get a cut besides MacArthur. <laughs> you only get your cut if you get vaccinated. Um <laughs> yeah, I think we're near the end here, guys. Any final right. comments for the day? We're just all really excited for the new season. We hope every all our listeners are too. Definitely. Can't wait for it. Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. Latest, Jay. All West, aren't we? All West, aren't we? And uh, all West, aren't we? All West, aren't we? You already know Epstein didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs>